I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, this is Vic Cohen broadcasting live from Skid Row Studios from Gorgeous. And yes, it is gorgeous. Downtown Los Angeles' Skid Row Studios. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question, because on this show, every question is a fair question. There's no question that is ever too personal or ever off limits. And I have to say, tonight's show is unlike any I have ever done before. And I'm very excited about it. Normally on the show, I bring in people who I've worked with, uh, people in my kind of like the inner circle of my life here in Los Angeles. And oftentimes, they're people who work in the entertainment business. The show isn't limited to entertainment people. It's just those are the people I mostly interact with. And I find that they often have great stories. And really, that's what this show is about. Great stories and finding out the truth behind these people that I find so interesting. The, the stories that, that I often and you don't often know about. Because we don't just share everything we're thinking with everyone, correct? We kind of keep a lot of that to ourselves. And that's what part of... It's a fair question is all about asking some fair questions to get to the truth. And tonight we're going to find the truth in a story that just really touches me, a guest who touches me. And I don't mean that in the literal way. He's never actually touched me as much as I may like him to. <laughs> he's, he's a fascinating guy. I ran into him. I was doing a comedy piece on uh, the boardwalk in Venice and it was a bit, a comedy bit, where I was having short, bald men hug me. I had a big sign begging for this. And this guy walked up to me, and his wife was there and his young son, and he gave me a wonderful hug. Now, that is not why I'm talking to him right now. But the reason I'm talking to him is because it's kind of, we struck up a bit of a friendship. And that's kind of the cool thing, right? Don't you think with Facebook and uh, with the social media is that it allows us and allows me to become friends with people that otherwise I just wouldn't have the opportunity to develop that kind of relationship. Because this guest, the guest you're about to meet, actually doesn't live here in Los Angeles. He was on vacation from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And not only did I find him fascinating because he looked so much like me, being a short, bald man, but I found his story with his son, his family life, fascinating. And over these three years since I met him and being his Facebook friend, I would see these gorgeous photos of his family. And I have never seen the kind of love that this guy has for his son with any parent I've ever seen. And it's really, it's beautiful and it's always struck me. And I felt like when I was thinking of a guest for tonight, thinking this guy would really be special. Special to introduce to you and special for me to get to know a little better. And I have him on the line right now from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Scott Borkin, are you there? I am here. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Do you like being called sir? Sure. Now, it sounds like you're in the ocean with all that background noise. Is that just like, Mindy? You know I'm, I'm talking to Mindy, our producer. Is that just what we have to live with? That's just the the wonderful telephone microphone that he's talking into. You know what? I'm going to take it off and just go with the regular phone. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Does this sound better? Oh, my God. That might be a little better. I can work with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was using my wife's head headphones. Yeah. Stay, you know what? Your wife's out of town, right? It, she's uh, yeah. actually in California. Okay. Well, stay away from her stuff. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That's for her. Stay out of her stuff. So I was just saying uh, before you joined us how we had met at the beach and uh, you gave me a big hug for my big bit and how uh, that kind of struck up a friendship and how I was telling everyone uh, listening how interesting I have found your relationship with your son in particular. And how old is Jacob? Jacob is seven. Okay. And so... When I saw him, he was probably four, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. And how would you describe Jacob? Uh, probably the most amazing kid you ever could meet. He's got a personality that just would light up a room. Uh, he's just, just an amazing kid. Every, every day, he amazes me. And anything in particular 
that amazes uh, you? I, I mean, he he does have Down syndrome, right? And I just I don't look at him any different than any other father would look at their their son. When and that's and that's the part of the story that makes it particularly um, I find interesting and um, and, and, and I don't think people really. I don't hear a lot of stories about the relationship between parents and a child with Down syndrome. You know, I don't think that's, it's not considered obviously like sexy and it's not something people really like to talk about. I find, do you agree with me, Scott? Um, you know, if it was 20, 25, 30 years ago, I'd have to say, yeah, I agree with you. But times have changed. People have become more educated and understand uh, what what Down syndrome is? Well, without Besides getting too scientific, Scott, without getting I'm, too scientific, okay. In thirty seconds, tell me what Down syndrome is. Uh, Down syndrome, their uh, child with Down syndrome has an extra chromosome on the on the twenty first chromosome, which they grow. They're they're predominantly smaller in stature and cognitively. They have a delay. Um, they just basically have a, a double uh, disability. On, on Your 30 seconds is almost up. Cognitively, my, my words again, jump up. A <laughs> cognitive know. disability that uh, they, just, they just learn slower. Right, but, but th- they can still learn. They can learn. do anything that they want, and they can make a parent very proud. Well, before, I'd like to get a sense of where your life was prior to Jacob being born, okay? You had done, what, 20 years in state prison? That's a joke. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's 25, a, actually. 25. Okay, no, that was just a joke. Uh, you, you, had, um, you were working as a manager of a um, very popular uh, restaurant, uh, custard, custard store in Milwaukee, correct? In Milwaukee yeah. area? Yeah. And I've how, been, I mean, I started doing that when I was 14 years old. And I never did left. All the way through high school, through college, and just stuck it out. Stuck it out. Now, so, you're married, correct? Yep. And how long have you been married? Uh, we got married in 2004. So now, when you say we, you mean you and your wife, not you and me. Yeah. Because we are not, I'm telling my, you. My wife and I have been <laughs> married. You and I, well, that's a different story. That's right. We're still working on it. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's. Did you say 2004? Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, nine, nine years. Mm-hmm. So um, how old were you when you got, when you got married? Uh, I was 39. And first marriage? First marriage. Her first marriage? Her first marriage also. So it's a big, I'm not to say second marriages are less of a big deal, but you, felt you found your partner for the rest of your life. Is that fair to yes, say? Yes, I did. Okay, and so you get married. Was the life plan for both of you to uh, to have children relatively soon? Yes. And were you working on that when uh, you your wife became pregnant with Jacob? Yeah, we we had planned to start having children right away, and uh, we we tried and tried and tried, and we weren't having the best of luck. And just out of nowhere, she got pregnant. Were you using fertility drugs? Uh, the funny thing is that following week, she was going to start taking the fertility drug, and obviously we didn't need it. So he, we, she got pregnant basically on her own. And were you, so you were 41 when she got pregnant? Is that uh, right? Correct. You, and yep. is she your, your same age? Uh, she's uh, almost two years younger. Okay, so she were, she, when she got pregnant, she was 39. Yep. And so being that you're both a little older, you had all the genetic testing done to see whether your uh, pregnancy was going to be healthy? We didn't go for the full genetic testing where they uh, take the, uh, the fluid and uh, Ambionic fluid, I think it's called. Yes, uh, but we had a 40 ultrasound her doctor. Excuse me. Wait, hold back up one second. Did you say a 4D? Is that what you said? 4D ultrasound. Is that what does that mean for those who don't? That know is ultrasounds? probably one of the coolest ultrasounds you ever can imagine. Um, GE makes this machine that basically 
3D or 4D? I believe it's 4D where you can basically see the face. See the face. Okay, the I've arm, seen those see before. Hand. It's freaky, isn't it? Yeah, it's wild. So you have so the, we had the, the well, ultrasound done, and there was absolutely no detection. In fact, this was only the second birth that her doctor has delivered that he did not catch that the child had Down syndrome. Now, what was the reason that you chose not to have all of the testing done? Is that because when you do the ambionic, I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but the ambionic so. fluid, that it run, that can cause a problem with the child and you didn't want to risk that? Is that exactly. Okay. Exactly. So you're really doing it to be conservative for the safety of the child, unborn yeah. child. So, yeah. But you had every other test done that was available to you. Correct. And so what day was Jacob born? He was born February 12th. So he's Aquarius. Uh, Pisces. Uh, is he? Well, I'm Aquarius. I'm the uh, 16th. I mean, Aquarius. I, he's close. I know what I am. I don't know what he is. We are very good, are we Aquarians. I don't know. Perhaps he's not an Aquarian, but uh, the 16th is. Uh, Aquarius, because that's my birthday. So it okay. probably is. So what happens that day? Your wife, um, typical well, kind of went, story. Went into labor, and uh, where were you? Labor for twelve hours, and was supposed to uh, deliver where were naturally. You? Well, where were you when she went? She gave birth, or to, uh, not gave birth, but when she started going to labor. I was actually at work. Okay. And she called me, and you know, said, "This is I'm it. I'm in labor." Well, obviously, I started panicking like crazy. She's like, calm down. It's going to be a while. Just get home as soon as you can. And I mean, I actually, I came home and uh, we drove to the hospital. So she was in labor for 12 hours. Okay. And I'm hold and, on one minute, Scott. Um, okay. For those of, I, I just want to remind you all that I'm talking to Scott Borkin. He's giving me the play-by-play of the day his beautiful child, Jacob, was born. And... We are going to talk, this is what we call, of course, a little tease. We're going to talk, Scott, to your wife in a little bit. Um, as you know, I spoke to her briefly before the show, and she wanted to be a part of this. I wanted her to be a part of it as well. Actually, it was my idea, and she, but she was very happy to be a part of it. And actually, it was your idea as well when we talked about this earlier. So um, I just wanted to let you all know that we're going to be talking to Scott's wife a little bit later. So make sure you stick around for that, too, because that's going to be an incredible conversation as well. So here we are. You're getting a call from your wife saying, I'm going into labor and get your butt over here, but don't rush too fast because it's going to be a while. Yeah. So are you like the guy you see in the sitcoms uh, tripping over everything and and going Um, crazy? When I was leaving work, I was. Maybe (laughs) I was that way when I got (laughs) home also. but. Okay, so you get to the hospital. What hospital is this? Uh, St. Joe's. Is that the big big hospital in that, the Milwaukee? The hospital where probably 80% of anyone in the Milwaukee area is born. Is that that's downtown? Where born. That's where you were born. Is that downtown? Yeah. Uh, it's No, it's on kind of the west side of Milwaukee. Okay. So you rush over there, you're, and now you your wife embarks on, and then you're with her by her side for 12 hours? Yes. And everything's going smoothly? Um. What she was going to deliver naturally, and finally at the 12th hour, uh, Jacob's heart rate started dropping. So the doctor came in and said, you know, let's do a C-section. Now, that's pretty uh, common, correct? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be an uh, attributing factor to the Down syndrome. No, not at all. Not at all. So the uh, doctor doing the delivering says we should move a little faster since the heartbeat's getting a little slower. Let's do a C-section. Okay, and I assume then that went fine, correct? Yeah, it was just perfect. Um, the doctor delivered him, and you know, obviously he starts crying. And now, when you say he up. starts crying, it's not the doctor. <laughs> it's no, the, no, it's it Jacob. Was Jacob. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, go on. <laughs> yes, okay. So uh, the doctor hands Jacob to me. And obviously, I'm at the highest high I've ever had in my entire life. It was just, I, I can't even explain the feeling. It was a, like a euphoria. I was just, it was the, the best thing that you ever can imagine. And the doctor hands Jacob to me and he says, I believe your son has Down syndrome. Well, obviously, you go from that highest high to the, the lowest low because you're in shock 
and I really didn't know a lot about Down syndrome at that moment. So it was a it was pretty an emotional uh, uh, you know few minutes there. What what were your thoughts? I I can't even explain it. Everything went from extremely bright to extremely dark. Um, I just it uh, I guess not knowing what the future was going to be now, um, you know, what was going to happen to my son. I just I guess it just I had just such fear because I didn't. No, I had the the unknown thrown at me. What did you think? What was the when you say the unknown? You had some thoughts. So what were those thoughts? Uh, I guess that I was going to have a son that was going to have a very rough life, uh, a lot of unhappiness. I just, I guess, just every possible negative that could be was. Now you're also. The way I'm imagining this, since your wife, Madeline, had a C-section, she's not awake. She's sedated, correct? No, she, when you have a C-section, you're awake. That's how much I know um, about birth. Okay. Yeah. Clearly not a father. Uh, or I could, be, I could be a, well, yeah, I guess I could you still be, be a, a father. father. Right, but never been around the C-section. Yeah. I always want to go in, but they stop me. I guess you have to yeah. know someone getting it. So anyways, um, so yes, yeah, so she was awake. So she heard this as well. Right, and I see she she broke down because it's such an emotional moment just having a child, and I, unfortunately, this doctor that did the delivery, her doctor was not on that day, so we had another doctor that had zero bedside manner, zero personality, zero bedside manner. So the way he went about telling us and telling me. I just, you know, in the end, I think, wow, you know, I think things would have been a little bit different or the emotions would have been a little bit different if he had a little bit more compassion. But there was none. Yeah, that's, uh, no one wants to hear that. And probably no one wants to hear it, I would, you know, in any way. Yeah, correct. But there certainly is a, a, prob- a more sensitive way of doing it. Yeah. So what happened next? Um, so I walked him to the uh, uh, next room, and I'm, it's, it was the strangest thing because I'm holding on to this baby, and I was afraid that I was going to do something to make things worse. Um, and they took the baby from me, and uh, then I went back into the uh, uh, room where my wife was. And they took Jacob and they started evaluating him, you know, checking him out. And we found out a couple hours later that he had a, what they call a duodenal, I think that's how it's pronounced, a duodenal artesia, where he actually had a blockage in his uh, um, uh, intestines. Okay. In his intestines. The uh, pancreas grew around his intestines. So when they tried feeding him, everything came back up. So within the 12 hours after he was born, they ended up taking him from St. Joe's to a children's hospital that was it's not very far away. It's a, children, a children's hospital in Milwaukee. They were going to eventually have to do surgery to bypass his intestines. So I have my wife that's still in the hospital because she had a C-section. I have Jacob that was uh, taken to the uh, children's hospital, and I was jumping back and forth between the two hospitals and home. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did the, they normally can do a surgery like that right away, but it, kids with Down syndrome usually are born with lower red blood cells, so they had to wait till his blood cells, I believe red or white blood cells, they had to wait till the blood cells um, the count came up. Well, two weeks later, the count finally came up, and they uh, did the surgery, and everything went extremely perfect. But the whole time he was, you know, my wife finally got out of the hospital, and we were living at home, and he was at Children's Hospital recovering. They told us that there's a chance that he might not come home until he's two months old. 
And well, let me, obviously um, that... I want to just interrupt you for a moment. I apologize. Okay. But I really want... The, it, obviously, there's a lot of medical stuff going on with him. And I'm curious how you and your wife are handling this emotionally and what you're thinking. You know, you're almost thrown into overdrive when something like that is put in front of you. You just, you just kind of keep rolling along. Obviously, you have the moments where you just feel exhaustion and anxiety, but I really don't remember any time that we just had extreme breakdown. We just kept going. The, uh, the doctors at Children's Hospital are just amazing. The, the nurse, nursing staff was just amazing. So we had a very positive experience. We had a very uh, you know, a positive feedback every time we'd go to see Jacob in the hospital. Well, here's what I'm also, I mean, there's a lot I'm curious about. Um, and part of the show, the tone of this show is about honesty. And I try to, as best I can, to also live by that. I don't just expect it of my guests. I'd like to, as well, share my honest thoughts uh, and feelings. And I, I want to know, Scott, you know, I honestly, I feel, I feel sorry for you. And I'm wondering, am I, am I, is there, am I stupid? And not stupid, but are, are you happy? I mean, I look at these photos of you and Jacob today at seven years old. And I just think, I just see so much love and happiness. And yet sometimes I will still feel sadness. And I'm just wondering, can you help me with that? Am I, I would say sure. it's a wrong feeling, sure. but tell me. Yeah. Because you're not in my shoes, you wouldn't understand, but I mean, I could help you understand. I want you to help me because I want to understand. I, I think what you have with your son, and I'm sure your wife has it, we're going to talk to her shortly, is really special. And it's, yeah. talk I, I don't want you to feel sorry because there is absolutely nothing, nothing at all to feel sorry about. Jacob is the most amazing kid I've ever seen. His, there's, there's just something about him that he attracts. He just will light up a room like nobody's business. There's absolutely nothing to, to, to be sorry about because he's just, it's, he's such a blessing to have in our lives. Your life has, has uh, become brighter because of him being in it. Oh, I'd say 100%. Obviously, my wife has a little something to do with that too. But Jacob, Jacob definitely, definitely is, is throws sunshine in our faces every day. I read a, a statistic that I found really disheartening. And by the way, thank you. That does make me feel better. Because also, you know, I think like, what am I, some kind of ass? I'm feeling sorry for you, and you're running around having a great life with Jacob and your wife, and and living life to its fullest and, and just, and you've got this brightness from him. What am I, you know, it's like you said, I'm not in your shoes. And it's very easy to make uh, thought decisions and judgments. You know, I'll tell you why also, uh, because, you know, when someone's pregnant, they always say, you say, well, what do you want? Do you want a boy or a girl? And they say, well, as long as it's healthy is, you know, and, Jacob wasn't born healthy in the sense of what that usually means. Because when people say that, they're talking about Down syndrome or something like that's, that's really challenging for a kid. And you've, you've, had, you've been forced to face that and you do it so, um, I, I wouldn't say effortlessly because I don't see you every day, but seemingly um, naturally. And it's, it's really fascinating actually. Yeah. I mean, what a lot of people don't realize that, you know, he's a person first. He's a boy. He, fortunately, just like any other child that's born, does not have any physical problems. So there's, there's kids that are born every day that don't have a cognitive delay that do have problems. We, we're very fortunate that, you know, Everything with him is, it's all 
good to go. You're, so, ta- you're talking about like other medical problems. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when you say, you know, as long as the baby's healthy, Jacob is healthy. He's a healthy little seven-year-old boy that has become CEO of the house. He, he, he's in control, just like every other seven-year-old. So is, when you, you know, yeah, go on. When you when you think about health-wise, I look at it that you know if a child's got some type of uh, I shouldn't say like disease or something that is going to prevent them from growing or prevent them from doing certain things. That's getting you know the child's going to need medical attention. I think you know that's you know you want the child to be healthy. Well, Jacob is a healthy little boy. Well, you know, it's interesting listening to you talk because I believe you, you know, and then, and then there's this, it's kind of, um, again, I'm being totally honest and it's embarrassing to share this with you, but um, to be totally transparent, I'm thinking to myself, well, Scott, just trying to make the best of a bad situation. And I'm wondering, do you ever think that? Or do you not think of it as a bad situation? Because it sounds like you don't. I think if it's an amazing situation, there's nothing bad. There's absolutely nothing bad about my life, about Jacob, about anything that that we have right now in front of us. It's just, I mean, it's, it's all good. Is it shocking for you to say that and feel it, as I know you do, when you think of how you felt that day in the delivery room? You know, I shouldn't say, I can't say shocking. I've, I've come into, I guess, into my reality of, of what life is all about. Um, I, I guess I visioned because I was not aware about anything with Down syndrome. That night that Jacob was born... I finally made it home about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I spent three hours in front of my computer and the Internet searching Down syndrome. That was the biggest mistakes, the biggest mistake I ever could have done because you read, 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 and there's negatives thrown at you. But until you live it, you realize that that's just a lot of medical talk that you don't understand. Well, my understanding uh, from our conversations are that um, Jacob loves movies. He has favorite movies. He's fighting for your iPad. Is that right? Uh, well, it was my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> it's his now, essentially? It basically uh, has been his probably three or four months after I got it. So the cognition is, is developed enough where he knows what he likes, what he wants. Oh, Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's in first grade, and, you know, there's milestones that he doesn't meet right away. But eventually, he hits them. You're talking about educational milestones? Education, yeah, and it's just the basic milestones to begin with. Uh, but he's in first grade. He's got a lot of friends. When you say friends, you're talking about typical kids who don't have Down syndrome as well, correct? Correct. He's he's, he's learning right along with them. I mean, our our goal for him is to have full inclusion, not separation. So he's, he's with peers every day. Is he getting bullied? No. He is. It's it's amazing how things are different from when we grew up. I'll go. I'll take him shopping, and all of a sudden, a couple kids come out of nowhere. Hey, Jacob! Hey, Jacob! And he goes to school with these kids, and they're all like hugging him and saying hi or giving him high fives. And I don't know. You know, the parents come up to me and say, "Oh, they're in the same class," because I mean, I don't know who the kids are. But that's what Jacob's life's all about. Right. So he's got a typical, in many ways, his life is like any other first grader. Exactly. Now, in a moment, uh, Scott, I want to include your wife in this conversation. And uh, as I had mentioned, because of the way we have things set up here, technically, 
you two won't be on the line together here on the show for very long. I'm going to um, bring her in and have her call in a moment. And uh, you guys will be on for a moment. And then she's, you're going to, I'm going to say goodbye for you. Uh, but stick around. We might give you a call back. We'll see where we go with your wife. Um, but what, what would be something that you want uh, me to leave with as well as all of, all of those listening to leave with? I guess when you see somebody that's a little bit different or somebody that is cognitively behind a little bit, don't second-guess them because they have, they have something about them that will amaze you. Uh, their future is as bright as anybody else. They're just, I mean, they're, they're a person. Well, they're, you know, they're, they're a woman, they're a man, they're a boy, they're a girl. They are, they're a person first. You know, uh, I want to, I'm thanking, thank you for sharing that idea. And obviously, I mean, you're sharing, you've shared that with from the examples of the personality that obviously Jacob has. And before you go, I want your wife to call Madeline, if you can give us a call. Is she on the line? I'm talking to, uh, okay, great. Thank you. She's talking to our producer. And um, yeah, if you could give us a call, um, Madeline numbers 800-893-9562, if you're available. She's actually in California, correct? Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to clarify, or not clarify, but just let everyone know that Jacob's your only child, correct? Correct. And uh, was that always the plan to have one child? Um, no, we talked about having two. Uh, we obviously after the genetic after he was born, they did the genetic testing, and Jacob is a four percent of kids with Downs, where one of us carries a dormant gene that the child would have Down syndrome a hundred percent. My wife travels for work; she loves her job, but she travels. I work six days a week. If we had another child, even if that child did not have Down syndrome, I would be probably running myself more ragged than I already am. Let me go. So um, we I, chose we chose just hello? to stick with one, and we give Jacob hello? obviously all that attention. Hey uh, Scott, I apologize, yep. no. uh, but do you hear your wife on the line? You will not hear her because of the way we have it set up here at the studio. But I am hearing your wife in my head. I'm sure you hear her all the time in your head. Now, right? now it's your turn. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, yeah. before, uh, Madeline, welcome to the show. And I appreciate you calling. And just hang on one second. I'm just going to finish <laughs> up with your husband here. And um, oh, I love him. <laughs> she, your wife says that um, she's in love with me. And... Um, He's, she wants you to know that um, the marriage is over and she's going to be staying I'll here. I'll tell you what her dad said to me on the day we got married. Yeah. Now you get the bill. <laughs> That's nice. Well, I don't want it, so you can have her. But um, I just want to clarify one thing because I was a little confused. In a real quick way, in a clear way, explain just real briefly that math you were talking about, that you did some genetic testing and it showed that there was a, that if you were to have another child, that what percent... Would we, it would basically be close to 100 percent that that child would have Down syndrome. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Not good, but now I understand. All right, yeah. Scott. We're going to run. Um, I'm going to say good night to you, and uh, I want to thank you also for being all, staying up so late. I know you have to be up at 4:30 in the morning, and it's quite late there in Milwaukee. And um, now I'm going to spend some time alone with your wife. Does that make you jealous? Enjoy yourself. Don't get jealous. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I promise. Anything that we talk about will be. On the air, you can listen. It won't. Be, I promise, I'll keep it clean. Okay. All right. All I'll right. trust you on that one. Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing. Oh, thank with, you for having me. I mean, it's been a, a great conversation, and and it's really made me feel warm inside. And even though that sounds really corny, maybe, or, but really, thank you. <laughs> no, it sounds good. All right. Sleep well, and thanks again. All right. All right, Vic. All right. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Scott. And okay. there goes Scott Borkin, and here comes his wife. Do you, Madeline? Do you call yourself Madeline Borkin? Yes, I do. Okay. And uh, you are in California on business. Is that right? Yes, I am. 
All right. And you've had a chance to listen to the show, uh, the first half, where I was talking about Jacob with your husband, correct? Yes, I did. Did you have any thoughts on what we talked about? <clears throat> well, um, I, I, I think he communicated um, in what actually happened and, and how it made us feel. Um, I also think that we were able to overcome everything pretty quickly, and I think that was a result of the people that we were surrounded by. Who were those people? Doctors, nurses, um, friends and that are, were neonatologists that were able to share. I mean, people literally, um, while I was in the hospital and, and Jacob was at um, NICU at Children's Hospital, um, people were coming to my room to, they brought me computers and literally we just started, I just learned as much as I possibly could about Down syndrome because I had no clue. Um, in fact, while I was pregnant, I was trying to think, where could I volunteer my efforts? Like, what are the things that I can stay focused on? And then Jacob was born and I said, oh, well, there's my answer. <laughs> Madeline, when you, um, were, when you were in the delivery room, you have the C-section and the first words you hear from the doctor are, your son has Down syndrome. What goes through your head? Um, well, I screamed at the top of my lungs and said, oh, God, no. And um, my mother also was in, in the, the room and she said, oh, you know, don't, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. And uh, I just started crying and... Then immediately after that, I just realized I was kind of in shock and couldn't talk. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said that. But I did. Well, the, you know, I, go on, sorry. Feeling like, oh, my gosh, this child life is going to be doomed. So here we are seven years later. And it's the exact opposite. <laughs> what do you say now? Well, now I say I am blessed. He has changed our lives. He's absolutely amazing. Um, we've met people that you know, have showed us that there are so many possibilities and opportunities uh, for, for individuals with disabilities. And as a result, um, the possibilities are endless. I mean, kids with disabilities are getting married and they're driving cars and and they're going to universities, and they're living on their own in, in a home, in their own homes. And, and it's not all about, okay, well, after high school, well, he's going he's gonna to have to live with us, or he, we're going to have to probably put him in a group home. Those thoughts, that, that's, that's, that's what we thought about right at the beginning, because that's all you heard. Is what happened. So, what are the what are the lies? What are, are you know? I don't mean lie in the sense of a nasty way, but maybe misconceptions is a correct word. Yeah, I would say I would say um, myths. Myths, okay. Um, because the possibilities are truly endless if you present those opportunities to that child. I don't care what the disability is. And well, I mean, I. Now, if I, if I were listening at home, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm listening in the studio, I mean, the skeptic would say, Madeline's in fantasy land. Okay. Because, no. but are you in fantasy land? No, I'm not because... Yes. Um, I was born in the 60s, and um, when I was born, I was born with a disability, um, or rather deformity on my hands. Both, both hands? hands. And did, Madeline, do you say both hands? Both hands, yeah. And what is the deformity and what does it look like? Um, basically like little fingers and it's, you know, some, I, it's just, it, it, they're just deformed hands. I don't have all five fingers. And okay. They're all different sizes and shapes and things like that. Sounds like my toes. Um, Sounds like my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my toes are official deformity, but they're not pretty. <laughs> but go on, sorry. 
That's how um, I would describe my toes. So, but interestingly enough, the doctors, and I was at you know University of Illinois in, in Chicago, and the doctor said, oh, God, you know what? You're going to have to put her in an institution. She's just not going to be able to survive in the real world. That's what they told my parents. And so my parents decided that that's not what they were going to do. And they chose to treat me just like my sisters. They chose to expect me to get good grades. They expected me to participate in after-school activities. They expected me to go to college. They're all the exact expectations that parents usually have for their children. Okay. And so they never denied me those opportunities, meaning, and, and when I say that, it's because they, because they never treated me any differently and because they did not label me as being disabled, which we are, that's what we often do to people. Right. And, and once you start to label people, then that's when... Some of, some people tend to fall behind, and um, well, I just, they don't, I, they I don't wanna, have the aspiration. Well, here's the deal. Um, this is what I was thinking about as you were talking, and I think that it sounds like that worked for you. But there's a obviously you're quite successful. You're traveling around the country. I don't know the mm-hmm. world. Maybe you've got. An, it sounds like you have a fantastic mm-hmm. job, and mm-hmm. and you really are uh, living life to the fullest. And thank God, I you, am. yeah. And that's that is an inspiration. However. What would you say to this? It's different to have deformed fingers versus Down syndrome. You know, down because the mind, when you have deformed fingers, it's not affected at all. I mean, emotionally, it could be, and socially, there, there's probably mm-hmm. bruises from, you know, interactions and that kind of thing with your friends or whatever. But Down syndrome is much different, no? Uh, down, so Down syndrome is considered a disability, and yes, it is a cognitive disability or intellectual and developmental disability. Um, what it actually means is that the individual is going to take longer or perhaps they might need to learn in a different way the same things that we all learn. So it's not to say that they can't learn them. I did not, this is all new to me. I mean, news to me in the sense that I did not know that. Well, because historically with individuals with with any type of cognitive disability, and that would include children on the autism spectrum and so forth, um, there were, people had limitations for them. So the expectations were just not. You know, the goal was let's teach them life skills and then we'll put them in a group home or they'll live at home with their parents. So the bar was and set very low. It, it really was. But today, I can share with you stories about self-advocates that are you know, public speakers. They are um, in double majors at universities. Yes, it took them a little bit longer to get that degree, but heck, they did it. And well, What would be your aspirations for Jacob in, let's say, his, his education? UCLA. Now, <laughs> I mean that is that, that is that you in a, is that you in like a dream world or is that legit? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just curious, is that attainable? It, it is completely attainable, and I, and I will tell you why because of you know what I do for a living. I'm right now trying to help corporations identify opportunities for individuals with disabilities, where historically they we're not given the opportunities to have jobs. So you saw them every now and then at a grocery store bagging or every now and then at you know Walmart as a greeter. And I'm not discounting any of those jobs by any means. Um, but what I'm saying is that that's, that's where the bar was set. Well, today you have companies like a Walgreens building a whole initiative around hiring individuals with disabilities. In and, fact, and you're talking about, you, but you're talking about uh, like management type positions and higher yes. income earning type jobs. All 
to help them to, to, to provide them with the skills to be able to grow within their, their organization at Walgreens. Now, a lot of there's been a lot of talk in our conversation with both you and your husband uh, using the word cognitive and cognition. Uh, my understanding is basically we're talking about the ability to learn. Is that right? Right, right. And think. Right. So um, you're suggesting, and I don't mean to demean your, you by saying suggesting, I'll just say you're saying that one who has Down syndrome, it may take them twice as long to learn because of the cognition challenges, cognitive channel challenges, however they can get there. Yes. But is that exactly for everyone with Down syndrome or certain cases? I, mean, I some are more I, severe than others. It would have to be. It would, it would have to be how they're they're being raised or what opportunities are being presented to those individuals. Um, take, for instance, the young lady that's in Glee. Mm-hmm. I mean, she 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 speaks. She she's eloquent. Um, she does speaking engagements all over the world. Um, she's a brilliant young lady, and because what I know for a fact is that her parents presented opportunities for her. So, and you, so hence she's a celebrity. Well, when you think of Jacob, he's your son. He's someone you've loved for seven years. Could you imagine having someone who, a child without Down syndrome, what that would even be like? Or if it'd be something you'd prefer, or do you even think like that at all? Um, where where I'm sad, or what um, I have difficulty with. And so, yes, our life is great, and, and things are amazing with Jacob, but... Um, you know, the thing that I would struggle the most, and I know Scott does as well, is when he doesn't hit a milestone, like the average milestone. So, um, you know, when he was three and, and I had a friend whose child was three, and to see the difference in her child three that does not have a developmental disability and a Jacob, it was pretty significant. And that hurts you to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, or when you go to school and you know you see him among his peers, and he's definitely trying to keep up, and his peers are all trying to get his attention. Um, but as they're trying to get his attention, they're giving him sensory overload, <laughs> and so he might not be able to do the things that they're asking him to do as they're as easily as they might. And so you see that. And so you worry about that. Um, you know, of course, it, it hurts you when it took them longer, longer to walk than other children. That, that hurts. You know, potty training, it, 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 that's, that's killing us. Um, seven years old, and he's still having challenges with that. And um, But that's what happens when you have a developmental disability of some kind. So, and that's when you cry, that's when you're sad, that's because you don't want him to fall behind or to feel, because that's when you, that's when they actually feel very different is in those instances. Because Um, they know they're, they have the ability to say, see, this is not, Right, or not necessarily right, but exactly. Or this is this. You know, I I should be doing it this way, but for some reason, my body or my head is not signaling me to be aware of the fact that oh, it's time to go over to the bathroom and go potty. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's those types of things that that you struggle with, or um, walking up the steps or running up the steps. I mean, he has to hold on when he walks up the steps. When he's coming down the steps, he has to pay attention and hold on. Does that in Lots some of us can skip steps and jump steps by seven years old? When he does reach those milestones, as long as it does take him, despite that, doesn't mm-hmm. it make the milestone even more exciting for you after it's been? Oh, completed? it. Oh, yes, it does. Oh my God, it does. And it's it's fun to see because I've met so many other parents with children with disabilities, 
and to even hear their stories of success and excitement, the things that they just never would have expected their child to even speak, and then all of a sudden their child's speaking. Madeline. And that's cool. Yeah, that sounds very, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a world that I don't know. And But when, when you bring me into it in this way, at least, you know, through this conversation, I could see where that would be. I, I can only imagine how uh, thrilling it must be to, to see things that you thought could never be accomplished happening right before your eyes. I, I never, when I screamed and said, oh, God, I cannot believe this happened. Why did you do this? I literally screamed at the top of my lungs. Today, it's like, oh, I didn't need to do that. Because what exists today in our world, in our society, and the, the, the level of acceptance that is happening, especially what, the beauty of it is it's happening at the elementary school level, that level of inclusion, mm-hmm. that's what's going to make the world a different place for individuals with disabilities. Madeline, I asked your husband this question, and I want to ask you the same. In the past, I mean, it's actually changed a bit through talking with your husband. I felt sorry for you and others who have a child with Down syndrome. I've, you know, mm-hmm. it's been my gut reaction. It's been even hard for me, honestly, sometimes to look at. I've just, it's, it's created a, mm-hmm. an effect in me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel bad even saying it because it's, but it's honest. And... Mm-hmm. You know, while feelings are feelings, and I guess there's nothing as a wrong or right feeling, am I foolish in having that thought and being not having been in your shoes? You, not at all. Not at all. Only because I felt the exact same way. In fact, I was afraid of people that had developmental disabilities or, or another person with Down syndrome. I was afraid of those people. That's that's what that's what that was to me. Yeah, that's, and I can relate to that. I'm in it, it's a totally different thing because reality is so different than what my perception was. Is it just that you're a strong woman or is it just that this is reality or maybe that's a, it's a combination of both, that this is how it happens if it's in the real world and not imagined mm-hmm. and one has to experience, you know, be a part of this uh, to, to deal with a child who's uh, developmentally just Disabled, developmentally mm-hmm. um, disabled, or is it disa- developmentally disabled? Am I saying that right? Yeah, you okay. are saying it right. Are, are you are you just a strong woman, or is it really once you're in it, it's a whole different experience, or maybe both? I think once you're in it, if you if you have the level of support that we had, um, and keep in mind that we sought out the support. It wasn't like we just sat around and and said, oh, what are we going to do now? Um, it was more like, okay. I mean, within less than, less than 10 hours, like I said, I had my room full of people helping me research this topic. Right, so you were on top of And let's figure this out, you know, what's happening. And then as the years progressed, and he's only seven, I'm organizations where I'm trying to figure out if I can make sure that people with disabilities are getting jobs. Well, here we, we're almost <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're almost out of time and there's a couple questions I want to get in before I have to say goodbye. Um, first question, first of all, if you have an org- I want to briefly mention that there's a group that's nationwide uh, where uh, children with uh, Down syndrome are teaming up with kids who are, don't have Down syndrome and forming friendships, correct? And it's with all intellectual disabilities. Okay, so not just Down syndrome. And what's the so name of that? What's the name of that organization? Best Buddies. It's called Best Buddies International. Okay, and if anyone wants to uh, check that out, it's it's been instrumental in Jacob's life, and uh, it's just a great organization. And two quick questions: Did your did your husband? Did I hear this right? And I may have misheard him. If you had done certain genetic testing ahead of time you would have known 100% that you would have had a child with Down syndrome. Is that true? Or did I mishear him? No. Well, what, what he was saying was that, um, so so after we had Jacob, we had genetic testing done to determine, you know, how did this happen? Um, and one of the things is that they, they do the genetic testing on us too. And um, oftentimes you could be a carrier and your child may not necessarily 
you know, have Down syndrome or, or whatever the, a disability might be because there's various forms when it comes to the chromosome. And so um, what he was saying is that we, after they did the genetic testing for us, it was determined that if we were to get pregnant again, that we had a 100% chance of giving birth to another child with Down syndrome because one of us was a carrier. Now, but had you had that test, like, before your pregnancy, would you have known ahead of time? Well, yes, we would have. And does that ever, did that ever, like, you ever kick yourself or you go, no, this is exactly how it's supposed to be? Oh, my gosh, no, not at all. Not at all. You know, I don't even yeah, think go- about that at all. <laughs> well, that's, that's. No. But what I, I did do then instead is, like, I'm not going to get pregnant again to have mm-hmm. another child. So that's. That's the way I'm looking at it versus the other way around that, oh, shoot, I should have done that. Well, the, 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 um, and also, Madeline, how, how has this affected your marriage? I mean, when you found out after you had the baby, was there blame? Were you thinking of blaming him or him blaming you or we're not a good match? Was there a lot of that or any of that? No, not with, not with us um, as much as I, 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 I trust me. There are a lot of families that that has happened to, unfortunately. Um, but we've been able to overcome that. I, I think you do have to surround yourself with that the right support. Mm-hmm. And I am again going back to those expectations, setting the expectations, and really being fully included into the community as well as in school. The more you do that, the more. It helps with the marriage, even. It really does. It really does. I mean, people, I, people line up outside of our door because they want to watch Jacob. <laughs> they want to mm. come play with him, and they want to hang out with him. Well, listen, your story is is even more interesting and fascinating. I, I didn't know what we were going to get when we spoke. I knew it was going to be inspirational, and uh, I really want to thank you. I, you know. Th- Jacob's really been a gift here to us, you know, to me and, and to those listening as well in your story. Thank you. That, that's very kind of you that, that you touched on the subject because it's, it means a lot to all of those parents and all of those kids and um, because the percentages are pretty high these days. So Of what? Uh, of, of Down syndrome? Kids being born with with uh, developmental disabilities. Well, I know with, include, well, Down with, syndrome, I read the CDC estimates that one out of 691 babies in the United States has Down syndrome. That's yeah. a, that sounds like a lot to me. So, it, it is. It is. And, right. and, and then there are others similar to like developmental disabilities. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> Adam, before I go, is there anything you wanted to add? No, I wanted to say thank you. Great subject. Well, thank you, because there wouldn't have been the show without you and your husband and Jacob. And um, I just want to, again, thank you for your openness and um, just sharing your feelings and, and making it safe for me to share some of the things that made me uncomfortable to share. You gave me really nice answers that make me feel more comfortable <laughs> with some Seriously, of my thoughts. It's the... You have to just keep an open mind like we do on everything else in some cases. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing where Jacob is and uh, being out here in California. If he does choose UCLA, if that works out one day, hopefully I'll be <laughs> yeah. seeing all of you out here visiting. It would be <laughs> yes, great. I would love that. Take care. All right. Thank have a great evening. So thank you so much. Okay, and um, thank you. Wow. That was really uh, fascinating for me. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I just thought that um, everyone's story is so unique. And uh, the day I met Scott and his wife and his uh, little boy Jacob on Venice Beach, um, I didn't know that I'd be talking to them three years later and that uh, that day would turn into, for me, a better understanding about uh, his human nature and, uh, and Down syndrome. Because it's been a scary thing for me personally. I, I've always been, uh, I like like Madeline said, kind of scared about the whole thing. And um, 
I really feel much differently from this conversation with, uh, with this amazing couple. So uh, thanks again for listening. And I look forward to us all getting back together soon again, right here on Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.